This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Fit and Fabulous Forever, your source for motivational and inspirational conversations with women who have overcome challenges and reinvented themselves. We all face pivotal points in our lives when we need to figure out what our next chapter will be. Maybe you have just become an empty nester or your nest will be emptying soon. Maybe you've gotten divorced and you're trying to figure out what to do next. Or maybe you feel stuck in your job and are searching for alternatives. No matter your current situation, it's time to reclaim your identity and rock the second half of your life. So join me, Coach Julie, as I give you the strategies and tools you'll need to be fit and fabulous forever. Hi, this is Julie Wass, and welcome to Fit and Fabulous Forever on the EWN Podcast Network. I'm so thrilled that you're joining me today. This is actually the first uh, podcast of my podcast series, so I thought I'd take the opportunity today to tell you my story and so that you can learn about my personal journey and what brought me to creating the Fit and Fabulous Forever podcast. Uh, In the future, I'll be interviewing lots of really interesting women who will be able to, you know, talk about their challenges and how they've overcome challenges in their lives. And, And that's really the story of my life. And I think that's the story of all of our lives. And I'm hoping that you can relate to my story and that you will find inspiration in my story as well as the stories of my guests going forward. So a little bit about me. Um... I was born in New Jersey. I've lived in South Florida uh, since 1983. So I've had an interesting life, as I think all of us have. We all have stories to tell and so many interesting things to talk about. So let's start at the beginning, and here's my story. So as I said, I was born in New Jersey uh, and grew up in New Jersey. Um, My father was a dentist. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. I have an older sister, Jane, and um, you know my life was pretty uneventful. Um, I had a really wonderful childhood, and I guess the first time that I really experienced what I would call a pivotal moment in my life occurred when my sister went to college. Um, I was 15 at the time. As I said, we lived in New Jersey, and my sister was going off to college in New York, And at that point in time, you know, I was very excited for her. She got into her first choice college. It was very exciting. And, you know, I was somewhat jealous because I was always in a hurry to grow up for some odd reason. I don't know why I was always wanting to to grow up. But in any event, um, so it was September 1976. I'll probably tell you how old I am, but that's fine. For those of you wondering, I am 58 years old. So it was September 1976, and it was a beautiful day, and my sister was getting ready to go off to college. The car was packed. My parents were going to take her off to college, and um, and off they went. We hugged goodbye, and off I went to high school, and really not thinking much of it. And my parents came home that night, and um, they told me about moving my sister in. It all sounded very exciting. And so the next morning, I got up to go to school, and 
my mother was still in bed, which was kind of odd because my mother was usually up when I got up or shortly thereafter. So I went into her room and she said she wasn't feeling well. So my mother was often sickly, um, actually throughout my whole life. And it's, it's kind of ironic because my mother, I always thought, you know, I don't remember a day when she was really healthy. And she made it almost to 90. She just passed away this a couple of months ago in March. And she was one month short of her 90th birthday. So pretty amazing. She's an amazing woman. So anyway, my mother was in bed. And I didn't really think much of it. And so I went to school, came home, did my homework, you know, the usual stuff. And the next morning, again, my mother was still in bed, still complaining of not feeling well. And this went on for a couple of days, and as this was going on, you know, I was starting to get a little worried, but didn't really, you know, give it too much thought, because, you know, as a teenager, you're kind of self-centered. And in any event, my mother didn't get out of bed for six weeks. Yes, for six weeks, I watched her lie there in bed, not move, complain of various symptoms, and... So in the meantime, I had to take care of the house, make dinner for my father, do my homework, and try not to panic because I really thought my mother was dying. And it was a very scary time for me. And um, finally, at the end of six weeks, somehow we convinced my mother to go to the doctor. And we, she, we took her to the doctor, and she was really misbehaving at the doctor, even to the point where I had to tell her, I yelled at her to you know listen to the doctor because she didn't want to cooperate in the exam. Well, as it turns out, there really was nothing physically wrong with her, but what she was suffering from was, I guess, what we call now empty nester syndrome. And that had a profound, profound influence on me because it was a very scary time for me, and I was just a 15-year-old. And later that year, in the winter of 1977, um, I came home from school, and my mother wouldn't talk to me. She just sat there looking out the window. And this went on for a couple of days. And I remember after a couple of days of my mother not talking to me, because she was clearly depressed, I looked at her and I thought, well, number one, I'm making a vow to myself, number one, that I will never be a stay-at-home mom because I really believe that this is what happens when you're a stay-at-home mom. I didn't know much when I was 15 years old, but that's what I thought I knew. But my second vow to myself, it was that when I would have my own children and they would go off to college, I would not go to bed for six weeks and I would not do what my mother did. And, and not for nothing, I was still at home, so the nest wasn't completely empty. So that was the first really pivotal moment in my life that I remember very distinctly making a decision about I was the behavior that I was going to adopt when I was an adult. So life went on. I went to college. And by the way, my mom didn't go to bed when I went to college. Never asked her what that was about. We'll just leave it at that. But I went to college. And then I decided I wanted to be a lawyer, so I applied to law school and made my law school decision based on the weather because I really hated winter, So, and I always wanted to live in Miami, so when I got into the University of Miami Law School, there I went, and off I went to law school, and that's where I met a law school classmate who then became my husband, which of course was a pivotal moment in my life when I got married for the first time, 
And shortly after that, I became a lawyer and started practicing law. And then I got pregnant with my first son, Jonathan. And of course, that was a very, very exciting time for me. I had always wanted to be a mother. I mean, there were actually three goals I had in my life, you know, three simple goals. I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, not necessarily in that order, but that's what I wanted. And so I became a lawyer. I, well, I became a wife, and then I became a lawyer, and then I became a mother. So it was a very exciting, very, very exciting time for me and uh, my beautiful son, Jonathan. And then 20 months later, surprise, surprise, his brother Michael showed up. And I always say that Michael is my miracle child because I don't know whether God gave him to me because he was meant to soften the blow of what I was about to find out about Jonathan. You see, Jonathan wasn't developing normally, and I didn't know that because he was my first child, and I hadn't babysat a lot when I was a kid. So I didn't realize that, you know, he was extremely fussy, and he didn't develop speech. He wasn't talking, and his eye contact diminished, and he didn't like sounds and couldn't be soothed, and just all of these things that... Suddenly, when Michael was born, and he didn't have any see seeming recognition that Michael was a human being, that we became concerned, and he wasn't talking. And, of course, we went through a whole battery of tests, not knowing what was wrong. We thought maybe he was deaf, and that's why he wasn't responding. And then on February 4th, 1990, um, at 11 o'clock in the morning, we met with the neurologist. And he delivered the news to us that our beautiful son, Jonathan, was autistic. And of course, I always say that on February 4th, 1990, my son, Jonathan, died. Because all of the hopes and dreams that I had built up for him in those very short, almost two years, died that day. And my son Jonathan was born that day because now I had to start from scratch and develop new hopes and dreams and, and get to work really hard on trying to get him the most therapy and the most help that I could get. To say that we were devastated is an understatement. And if you've ever, if any of you out there have a child with autism or any type of disability or a child that becomes ill with cancer or some other type of you know, debilitating illness, you know how it feels and how devastating it is to have a child like that. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you more about raising my sons and the other obstacles that I've faced and how I've worked on my journey and hoping to bring you inspiration going forward. So you're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. I'll be back in a minute. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. 
My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Here's a special message for every mom whose children have left the nest and who wants to get off the couch and figure out how to make the most of the rest of her life. Hi, I'm Julie Wass, Coach Julie with Fit and Fabulous with Coach Julie, your empty nester survival kit, and I'd like to invite you to join my program, Becoming Fit and Fabulous, in which I provide you with tools and coaching to help you move from sadness to joy and fulfillment so you can rock the second half of your life. Becoming Fit and Fabulous makes it simple for you to find joy, fulfillment, and purpose, look and feel great, put a spark in your relationship with your spouse or significant other, improve your health and wellness, and much, much more. And what makes this even better is now you don't have to worry about not knowing how to get past the grief and get started on the next phase of your life again. And best of all, you'll start seeing results in less than a week. It's an investment in yourself which will pay off for the rest of your life. So text FIT, that's F-I-T, to 64600 right now to schedule a free coaching session with me where we can start planning your fit and fabulous future. This is the EWN Podcast Network. So I'm back and back with my story. So where we left off, Jonathan was just diagnosed with autism. Michael was three months old. And then my beautiful son, Benjamin, was born um, in 1992. And, you know, it was so wonderful for us to have another child because with, of course, the hope that he would be help Michael because someday it's going to be their responsibility to take care of Jonathan. So Benjamin was born. And then in August 1992, our house was destroyed by Hurricane Andrew while we were in it. <laughs> so that was an, an event. Let's just say it was a, a long year while we had to rebuild our house from scratch. So another kind of pivotal moment in my life. But in any event, um, life was very difficult in our house. Uh, if you have a child with autism, you probably can relate to how challenging it is to raise a child with autism and also try to provide, you know, a quote-unquote normal upbringing for your other children. And, and thank God both Benjamin and Michael are perfectly fine, brilliant. Now they're men. <laughs> um, but it was very challenging and um, very difficult for us. And Unfortunately, it did take a toll on my life and my marriage. Um, our home was ruled by autism, but it did take a toll. And in 2005, um, I did get divorced from my first husband. Uh, but thank goodness, I actually got remarried, and I've now been remarried for almost 12 years to a wonderful man who's a wonderful stepfather to my children as well. 
So going back to the issue of the empty nest, which was really a pivotal point in my life, aside from the other pivotal points, but it came home to me in in 2008 when my nest began to to empty, because at that point in time, in 2008, we realized Jonathan was 20 years old, and we needed to find um, a better situation for him. The Unfortunately, uh, he was on a huge wait list in Florida for any kind of services, and even if he did get the services, the group home situation in, in Florida is, is pretty bad. So we were blessed to have found an amazing school in Kentucky called the Stewart Home School. It's in Frankfort, Kentucky, and for any of you who have you know, teenagers or adults with developmental disabilities, I would definitely recommend that you check it out. Uh, again, it's the Stewart Home and School in Frankfort, Kentucky. It's it's an amazing place. So Jonathan went there in 2008 and moved in. He was very excited, actually. It was amazing because he has his own room. It's a beautiful place. He has activities. He goes to school every day. It's been truly a blessing for us. But of course, when he went to the Stewart Homeschool, my nest began to empty. But the good news was, was that for the first time in my life as a mother, I got to experience what it was like to have a normal chi- normal life with my other two children. You know, we could do stuff. We, you know, when we had Jonathan at home, we couldn't even go to restaurants. We couldn't travel. We couldn't do anything that regular families do. So we took advantage of the opportunity, and in June 2008, we traveled to Europe and took a cruise in Europe with Michael and Benjamin, and it was absolutely fantastic. And so that was the good news. Um, The bad news was, was that in June 2008, Michael graduated from high school, so I knew that time was ticking away before he would go off to college. But I was really excited for him, and off he went to college in in August, and as I drove away after dropping him off at college, I cried, but I was also so excited because finally I got to take a child to college, and he's so smart and so brilliant, and I knew he had such a great, bright future, and so, and I also knew I still had Benjamin at home, and so... I went home and got all involved in, in Benjamin's activities. He was He's a musician, so I was constantly going to concerts and traveling with him and, you know, the usual routine you do with your high schoolers. And then came June 2010 and Benjamin's high school graduation. And for those of you maybe approaching the empty nest or, or are empty nesters, maybe you can relate to this, but I remember that day so well because... There I was at his high school graduation, and I was there with Michael, and the doors opened as, you know, the music started playing, and we were in this beautiful auditorium. It's really a theater in downtown Miami, and the doors opened, and and there at the top, you know, the students started processing down, and all of a sudden, there I saw my son Benjamin at the top of the stair, at the top of the aisle, in the doorway, in his cap and gown. And I completely fell apart. I started sobbing. I looked at him. I'm starting to cry right now just thinking about it. I looked at him and I thought, oh my God, what happened? Where did all that time go? I can't believe it's over. What do I do? It can't be happening. I want more time. So I held my breath for that summer while I waited for him to go to college. And then I took him to college. 
and Michael was already at college, and Jonathan was in Kentucky. And I came home, and the house was empty, and it was quiet, and it was clean. And I realized I missed the mess. I missed the socks everywhere. You know how boys are, dumping their socks everywhere. If you have sons, their socks are everywhere. And I missed the noise. I missed the bickering. I missed hearing about their days. And then I looked in the mirror and I thought, wow, who am I? This is really a pivotal point in my life because, you know, if you're a parent, you basically become the mom of, I was Jonathan Benji or Michael's mom for 20 years. And where was Julie? Well, Julie was a lawyer, but Really, Julie was sort of subsumed in Michael and Benji and Jonathan's mom's identity. So I looked in the mirror and I thought, who am I? I also looked at the bed and I remembered the vow I made to myself in 1977 that I would never go to bed for six weeks. It was easy to cry. It was easy to just lie on the couch or crawl into bed in the fetal position. But I was not going to do that. I wasn't not going to do that. I remembered what happened to my mother and I vowed to myself that I was not going to do that. So I decided that now I had to figure out what I was going to do. Because once you come home and your house is empty and you realize you're not ruled by the school calendar and you're not driving your kids to multiple activities every day or every week, you're not thinking about their homework, you're not, you suddenly realize even if you work full time, I did that you have a lot of time and it's sort of like being set adrift because you kind of don't know who you are. You've sort of lost your identity and don't know where to find it and you don't know what to do to fill up that time. You know, whether you're, you worked full time, whether you work part time, whether you were a stay at home mom, now all of a sudden you have your whole life in front of you and it's like looking out on the horizon and not knowing What's out there? So again, I looked in the mirror and I thought, well, I need to make some changes. And I need to decide. I can't go back and lie in bed and cry. I can cry sometimes. I mean, sure, I miss my kids. Sink me into a depression like my mother sank into a depression. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you what I did and how that changed my life and brought me here to Fit and Fabulous Forever. You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. We'll be right back. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Here's a special message for every mom whose children have left the nest and who wants to get off the couch and figure out how to make the most of the rest of her life. 
Hi, I'm Julie Wass, Coach Julie with Fit and Fabulous with Coach Julie, your empty nester survival kit, and I'd like to invite you to join my program, Becoming Fit and Fabulous, in which I provide you with tools and coaching to help you move from sadness to joy and fulfillment so you can rock the second half of your life. Becoming Fit and Fabulous makes it simple for you to find joy, fulfillment, and purpose, look and feel great, put a spark in your relationship with your spouse or significant other, improve your health and wellness, and much, much more. And what makes this even better is now you don't have to worry about not knowing how to get past the grief and get started on the next phase of your life again. And best of all, you'll start seeing results in less than a week. It's an investment in yourself which will pay off for the rest of your life. So text FIT, that's F-I-T, to 64600 right now to schedule a free coaching session with me where we can start planning your fit and fabulous future. This is the EWN Podcast Network. And we're back. So as I said, I looked in the mirror and I decided that it was time to make a change. So first, I looked at myself and I realized, wow, I look kind of drab. I was a person who wore a lot of black and brown. In fact, I think I only had black and brown shoes in my closet, you know, dark colors. And I thought, wow, I don't know. Maybe that's not the way to go anymore. So I actually bought myself a pair of red patent leather high heeled shoes. And I wore them to work because I had a, was, I'm a lawyer and I had my, I wore them to my law job. And everybody looked at my shoes and like, wow, cool shoes. And I thought, oh my God, what have I been missing out on for my whole life? I've been missing out on color. So I became the shoe lady. I started collecting all kinds of crazy colored shoes and it was so fun to wear them to work and have people comment on them. But then I also just, started to change my wardrobe and I started to add color and bright colors. In fact, I only have maybe a couple of pair of black pants now. I don't have a little black dress actually because my favorite color is bright yellow, as you may have noticed if you saw the picture going with my podcast. So I wear a lot of bright yellow, a lot of wear a lot of bright colors. And I realized that bright colors are transformational. Really, if you put on something bright, it brightens your day. It brightens your outlook. You smile at yourself in the mirror. It's not for anyone else. It's for you. Do it for you. So that's the first thing I did. I started to change my wardrobe, and I introduced bright colors. Bright colors, you know, happy person. And then I decided, you know, I always wanted to take up pottery. So... I started taking pottery classes because now I had the time to do it. I didn't have the excuse that I had homework to help with or activities to drive to. And and I realized how amazing it was to put your hands in clay and how therapeutic it was to do that. You know, I never was really good at art in my life. In fact, that's why I never did it before. But I thought, why not? And I actually loved it. And I have lots of pottery all over my house to show for it. I'm not saying I'm a great potter. But I learned how to do it, and it was very, very satisfying to do that. And then the other thing I did was I looked in the mirror and I realized, wow, I sort of let myself go. Because as you probably know, when you're raising kids, who has time to go to the gym? Who has time in the morning when you have to get your kids to the bus or to school or whatever? And then at night when they need homework, I mean, you know, it's really hard to spend any time on yourself. 
So I started going to the gym and I lost a bunch of weight. And then I realized I really wanted to, I'd always wanted to run a half marathon. You know, I'd never run more than three miles at a time in my life. And, but I thought, well, there's a running club here in town that I've heard great things about. So I joined it. And sure enough, I stuck with it. And in January 2017, I ran the Miami Half Marathon, and it was such an amazing feeling to cross that finish line. And it became my hobby, one of my hobbies. And in fact, in 2018, I ran the Miami Half Marathon again. And, and since then, I've run several 10Ks, including not only in Miami and, and in the Florida Keys, but also um, in Budapest, Hungary, and in Tel Aviv, Israel. I've run the Tel Aviv 10K twice. So it's become really fun and exciting to do that. But here's my point. My point is, is that you are never too late to start again. You're never too late to, you know, decide that you're going to, as I love Robin Roberts on Good Morning America, make your mess, your message. Well, my message is that you're never too, it's never too late and that you should look at these obstacles and these pivotal points in your life as opportunities to explore, opportunities to get better, opportunities to try things that are new, opportunities to overcome these challenges, opportunities to reinvent yourself and reclaim your identity and decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. So life is for all of us is all about challenges, whether your pivotal moments come in the empty nest, whether your pivotal moments come when you're when you get divorced, or when you know, you have personal health issues, we all have challenges, nobody gets through life unscathed. But what I have learned, and what I really think is very important, is that we all have one life. And we owe it to ourselves to honor that life to make the most of it, to do the best we can and try new things and and make sure that when we get to the end, no matter what age that is, because none of us knows how much time we have, we want to make sure that we've done everything that we wanted to do or tried, you know, the, the cliche bucket list. Well, let's do that too. And you know, for me, my empty nest is kind of interesting because my son, Michael, ended up moving to Israel seven years ago. So now I get the opportunity to travel to see him, and I see him twice a year because he comes home once a year, and I go there once a year. And while it's sad, I get to actually spend a lot of great quality time with him. And so that's been wonderful. And Jonathan's doing well in Kentucky, and Benjamin's still here in Miami, thank God. So that's wonderful, too. And and I have all these wonderful stepchildren and their husbands and wives and step-grandchildren. So my life is very full and very busy. And, and so what I've done um, finally is because of my experience uh, in the empty nest, because of the, my taking that moment and realizing that you can take that moment to transform yourself and to start again and to explore new opportunities, new possibilities, and turn that grief and that sadness and that emptiness of the empty nest into opportunities and, and, and 
chances to do things that you may never have had a chance to do before. And that's why I started my lifestyle coaching program called Fit and Fabulous with Coach Julie, your empty nester survival kit. And so that's a coaching program that I offer for empty nester women, women who are approaching the empty nest, maybe have you know t- teenagers getting ready to go to college, to help them not get into bed for six weeks, to help them find joy, find fulfillment, find purpose, find So that's my story. That's why I'm here. Uh, That's why I created my podcast, Fit and Fabulous Forever, so that you can hear from me, you can hear from other women who've had challenges in their lives, overcome the challenges, started again, um, you know, made incredible strides and really are living fulfilling lives, hoping to inspire you to do the same. And so again, thank you for listening to Fit and Fabulous Forever on the EWN Podcast Network. I look forward to chatting with you very soon. Thank you for listening to Fit and Fabulous Forever, your source for motivational and inspirational conversations with women who have overcome challenges and reinvented themselves. To download this week's episode or listen to past episodes, go to fitandfabuloswithcoachjulie.com. Past episodes are also available at the ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We all face pivotal points in our lives when we need to figure out what our next chapter will be. No matter your current situation, it's time to reclaim your identity and rock the second half of your life. Until next time, I encourage you to stay focused on becoming fit and fabulous forever. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.